Well, we're starting a brand new collection of talks called The Thrill of Hope, and I love that title. It's more than just a phrase from a beautiful Christmas carol. It is truly the power of what we're celebrating this Christmas season, that we have hope. In a local city, we say it this way, hope has a name, and that name is, come on, say it if you know it, that name is Jesus. And now you know, hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. And that hope is not something that we have to chase or worry about whether we're going to have it or not. It is here with us today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But that hope is not boring. That hope is not something that we just grow tired of or grow old of. It's a thrill. It's exciting. I love thrills, man. I've been watching a lot of documentaries recently on Disney Plus and Netflix, and one of the things I'm a, a kind of addicted to watching right now is documentaries on mountain climbing. I don't know what, probably because I know I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> I don't want that much of a thrill. Uh, but I was watching uh, one, maybe you've seen it called Free Solo. I was watching it last night. It's on Disney Plus. It's about this guy that climbed El Cap in Yosemite, but he did it free solo, which means he didn't have a rope or any equipment. He was just up there with his hands and feet, and sometimes he's grabbing by just his thumbs and during the documentary he goes to the doctor and they study his brain and and they were telling the reason you're kind of able to do this is because for your amygdala to get activated a little biology lesson for you for it to get activated with a thrill you've got to push yourself to the limits for your mind to actually activate to achieve that thrill and I thought isn't that amazing to think that sometimes that we feel like we need so much to be thrilled and excited about life but I can promise you today you have all that you need today to be thrilled and excited about the life that you have. Because the life that you have, whether you believe it or not, whether you have questions about it, whether you have doubts about it, I want you to know today that God loves you. And he loves you so much that he sent his son into this world. It's what we celebrate during Christmas. That hope came down and became human. That hope came down from heaven so you could have a relationship with that hope. That hope has a name and that name is Jesus. What we're gonna do through the next few weeks is talk about not only the beautiful story of Jesus, but some amazing people that we see along the way. Today, the title of the message is Leave the Light On. I grew up obviously watching TV and I loved commercials. And I remember good old commercial from Motel 6 where Todd Bodette would say, and we'll leave the light on for you. So I love that, that sign of hospitality, that sign of you're always welcomed here. I want you to know today, the people that we're going to talk about. And for you today, the message is, is that God's left the light on for you. That he is a hospitable and kind God. And that you can come into his presence and come into the room where he's at and know his love and his purpose and his joy today. And it's thrilling, it's exciting, and there is no better message. Let's look at Luke chapter two really quick. Luke chapter two, verse eight through 12. I'll introduce you to who we're talking about today. It says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I'll bring you good news. Everybody say good news. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say good news. There it is, that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly, that's a nice word, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. As we unpack the message today, here's what I want you to see. The good news is referred to as the gospel. 
in the Bible. And write this down for me. The gospel reaches into the lives of all people with a message of hope and salvation. I want you to know today that there is always hope. That's why we give you wristbands that say it. (laughs) And today there is salvation. That there is no situation too intense. There is no distance too great where God cannot step into your life and let you know that he's with you and that Jesus has come to let you know who he is and to free you and save you and be there for you. It reaches into all people's lives with a message of hope and salvation. Would you pray with me one last time today as we jump into the message? God, today, open our hearts as we receive from you, as we write things down, as we laugh and enjoy our time together. God, I pray that you would speak to us. And I pray that today we would leave this room knowing a little deeper, more of who you are. God, be with all our incredible local city kids and our team out in the hallway. Help them have a great time at church as well to know that Jesus is their best friend who loves them. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We trust you today. And we're praying, even right now, for another gift in the new year of the Bucks repeating as Super Bowl champs. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Come on, give me a good amen if you believe that today. It's been, a, I've, taken, I've taken a little break from praying. Oh, Jonathan, thank you so much, man. That was beautiful, bro. Yeah, give it up for Jonathan, everybody. He does such a great job. Look, it's so smooth today. But it's, I've taken a little break from praying for Tampa sports, but, you know, I had to sneak it in there because we could use a little bit of a fire, you know, today, getting excited about the new year, about closing out the year. But I got to tell you, I love Christmas. I love Christmas so much that my wife has to calm me down at Christmas time because how excited I get. We just had a conversation this week in the house. We put up the tree. Shepard helped us decorate the tree. It's awesome. You know, and I'm looking at our house. I'm looking at the living room, and I'm like, oh, man, lights could go here. We got some open wall here. Lights could go here. We could put a wreath right there. I could put some lit garland over the fireplace. And Adrian sat me down and said, hey, just so you know, uh, I'm more of a minimalist when it comes. We have this conversation every year since we've been married. She said, I just want you to know I'm a little bit more of a minimalist when it comes to Christmas decorations. So we've got the tree, maybe some pre-lit garland on the fireplace, and that's it. But you can never have enough Christmas. Actually, no, you can. You can. We want to just slow down and enjoy the house. Okay, okay. She said, but outside, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, ah, that's what I like to hear. A little Clark Griswold action on my house this week. I can't wait to get the lights on the roof, out on the trees, all that stuff. It's going to be great. I love Christmas. One of my favorite things that's happened this year is Shepard, who is now three and a half, our son, he's really stepped into a love for Christmas. So much so that he even wanted some Christmas lights decorated in his room. But what he was really excited about was a brand new addition to our tree. We needed a new one this year. And so we went, I went to Home Depot, got one, and, and he was excited to put it on the top of the tree. Here's a picture I can prove it to you, our new star. And Shepard was so excited to see it up there. Look how bright it is. He said, does it change colors? And I said, no, Shepard, mommy doesn't like stars that change colors. It has to just stay white incandescent, right? And he said, oh, okay, but he's so excited. He loves looking at all the ornaments. My mom actually bought him like one of those dancing Santa like like things for his room. It has to stay in his room because after like the hundredth time hearing rocking around the Christmas tree, I want to, you know, throw it out the window. But Shepard loves it, so it's okay. But I love Christmas. I love the lights. I love gift giving. I love the songs. I love the movies. I love all that stuff. But it's so important to remember why there's so much joy and understanding that Christmas season is just different. See, whether you go to church or not, you can kind of tell in our culture that when it comes around Christmas, 
People understand that this is a season of kindness. It's a season of helping others. It is a season of generosity. And I believe that I have an answer to why that is. Because this season is centered around the Son of God coming to this earth. This season is centered around not something natural, but something supernatural that happened, not as just a historical event, but as one of the greatest occurrences in all of humanity, creation, all of time, that God would step down to earth and be here for his people to show us what the love of God looks like, to be a personification of God as his son, as hope, as that has a name that we can call on and be there for us. And what I love about the star is it reminds me of this story with the shepherds. See, the shepherds at this time in culture were seen as second in class. Like they lived out in the, with the sheep. I mean, that's not a normal thing to do. And so they were looked at as less. They were looked at as unintelligent. They were looked at as forgotten about because people said, ah, that's all you can do is watch sheep. So you got to stay out there. And like I said, they lived outside the walls of the city. And again, they were just seen as secondary people, which is not a great way to look at people. But more often than not, we see it's those kind of people that God steps in and reminds them that he cares about all people, that he loves all people, that he's got some thrilling hope for everybody. Let's read in Luke chapter 2, continuing in verse 13. Here's what happens. I mean, we just read that the angel showed up, and let's finish this passage. In verse 13, it says, Suddenly again, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing them, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. I love this line. It was just as the angel had told them. Can I tell you today that I believe God's trying to tell you some things about who you are, about what he has for you, about how he's always been there for you, even when maybe you didn't believe or didn't feel it, he's been there with arms wide open, saying, hey, the light's on, come on in. I wanna know you, and I want you to experience what I have for you. And what you're gonna find is that what God says is true. The shepherds witnessed this. They said, it says that they, was exactly as the angel had told them. The first thing I want you to write down, I'm gonna give you a few things about this story that we see about the thrilling idea of this hope. The first thrill is that Jesus came for people. I think it's so important to understand that, is that Jesus came for people. He didn't come to build a religious system. The Bible tells us he didn't even come for his own glory. We give him glory like we're gonna talk about in a second. But he came for the glory of God and he came to serve God's people. It tells us that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus came for people. What type of people? All people. There is no condition to who is loved by God. There is no condition to who God comes to. Now, there is a condition on whether or not we receive it, whether or not we accept it, because we do have a free will choice in the matter. God doesn't force himself on us because that is not love. As much as I would love for a shepherd to come and sit with me all the time, that doesn't happen. And I can't force him to do it because then it's going to move into control and not love. 
Because I'll tell you what, when, if I was a controlling dad, all I would do, are you going to stay with me the whole time, buddy, because I need this. I mean, that's, that's not the love of a father. And if Shepard spent time with me or that close proximity, it wouldn't feel as powerful or as valuable as when out of his own desire, he comes and sits on my lap or gives me a hug or gives me a kiss or says, I love you, daddy. There's the beautiful about that response that's available to us. And the the shepherds see this. Look at this again in Luke chapter two, starting in the beginning. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Man, I love this so much, and here's why. Once again, Jesus came for people. So who are these shepherds? Well, I already told you, they're not seen as great people. They're seen as uneducated, unintelligent. They're seen as all they can do is watch sheep, so that's what they have to do. But these shepherds kind of had a very important job. Their job was watching over and raising the sheep that would be used for the temple sacrifices. Now, back culturally back then and religiously, the way that people atoned for their sins was they had to sacrifice a, an unblemished lamb as forgiveness for their sins. Now, we live on the other side of Jesus giving his life for us, which is why we celebrated communion today. So glad I don't have to bring out a sheep or do anything like that because that's just not, you know, I'm not going to do that. It'd be weird. Be in the papers, be on social media, be very, you know, go pretty crazy. But we live on the other side of that because all of that was a foreshadowing of the fact that Jesus was going to be the sacrifice for you and me, that he was going to be the perfect lamb that was given for you and me because someone had to pay for it, someone had to be punished because of the law that was broken. Because again, that's how it exists within the love of God, but also the justice and honor of God as well. And so the, so the angels show up to the shepherds and they're probably a little scared. I mean, just imagine you're sitting out in the dark. I don't really like the dark. I'm a little scared of it. I'll be honest with you, okay? I can do it, but I don't really necessarily want to be in the dark. And what happens is these angels appear, saying, glory to God, whoa! At least give me a warning, man. Like, give me a, hey, I'm about to say something, or give me a tap on the shoulder. Because what happens here is, is the shepherds are not expecting for the voice of God to speak to them. I mean, they've just been doing what they've been doing for the longest time. They had been out and ostracized from, for, from the city for the longest time. But the thing is that they are experiencing right now in this moment is that Jesus comes for people. The second thing I want you to write down is this, is that Jesus comes in the dark and the unexpected. It wasn't in the daytime. Might have been a little less scary that way. <laughs> but he came in the midst of night, and he came in an unexpected moment. What I love about the the shepherds here is they're simply living their lives and doing what they have been tasked to do. They're watching over their sheep. It literally says, while the shepherds were out there guarding their sheep, while they were simply doing the simple thing that their life had been organized to do, God showed up in their life. Can I tell you today that you may be walking through a dark season in your life? You may be, walk, may be walking through a dark season emotionally or, or mentally or spiritually or maybe relationally in your family. You may feel alone. You may feel like your business is slipping through your fingers. Whatever it may be, you may feel like in, your, in, a, in a dark season. Can I encourage you, though, today, what's powerful about this story is that was where God loves to show up sometimes. In the darkest moments of the evening, in the darkest moments of our life, man, something can show up, and man, the glory of God can show up and can change the whole scenario, can change the whole situation in a moment because of the goodness of God. The shepherds are witnessing this and experiencing it. Man, if that's, a, that's a thrill of hope right there. But the second thing is, is it comes unexpectedly. 
Here's another thing that's very important that I don't think we talk about sometimes, is because God wants to do more in your life, not just when everything stinks. (laughs) He wants to do more in your life when everything is great. But sometimes we're naturally inclined to lean more on God when things aren't good. When things are okay, it's like, okay, well, life's okay. You know, yeah, God's there, but life's okay. See, the, the, the shepherds, they were out in the dark, but it seems like they were doing exactly what they had been doing for their whole life. They were just guarding sheep. They were watching and raising sheep like they were called to do, like they had been organized to do. And then what happens is the angel shows up in an unexpected way. Can I tell you today that maybe you're not in a dark season, maybe life is good, maybe life is great, but sometimes it's in those moments where God shows up unexpectedly and reminds you, hey, the reason I've brought you to this point in life, the reason I've brought you this success or given you this platform or given you this influence or these relationships is now so you can begin to turn those things for the glory of God in your life, for making a kingdom difference in your life, for realizing that your impact is more than just for the years you have on this earth, there is eternity impact inside of you. That's what the shepherds are about to witness. They just, they're just hanging out. And they weren't worshiping. They weren't at church. They were just there. Man, God loves to show up to people who are just there and ready and willing and waiting for something to happen. God knew that they had taken their whole life and realized that they were caring for the sheep who would be the sacrifice of forgiveness for people. So who are the first people that are invited to the ultimate lamb that's coming in? Hey, you've been doing this small work, and I know it seems insignificant. I know you probably weren't about to show up to watch the sheep tonight, but I'm so glad you did, because man, glory to God in the highest, the Savior's been born to you today. Can I encourage you that life may seem dark, it may seem unexpected right now, but God's trying to speak to some of us today that, hey, you have no idea the supernatural thing that is going on just a few feet away from you, and I want to invite you into that today. So if you just trust me at what I'm saying and the thrilling hope that I have for you, let's step into it today. The third thing is this, I love this, is he came so we could see for ourselves the goodness of God. I never want Local City to be a place where you see the goodness of God only through me or through our worship team or through our volunteers. I want you to be able to see it for yourself. I want you to see it on Monday morning. I want you to see it on Tuesday afternoon. I want you to see it in your family. I want you to see it in your business, in your relationships. I want you to see the goodness of God for yourself. This is one of the most powerful things that we see in the Christmas story, is that these people, starting with the shepherds, are invited to have presence with Jesus. You see, at that time, everything was unified under the Roman Empire under Caesar Augustus. And Caesar Augustus had become kind of this political savior. The world had been in complete turmoil and war when the Roman Empire was separated and all these different kings and guys fighting against each other. And Augustus kind of comes out on top. And he's like this political savior, brings peace back to the empire in a sense, but everything is completely controlled. He is seen as the emperor and you don't say anything against him. And it's this big show of power and strength and control. But he only has that because God's allowed it to happen. And isn't it amazing that the life that has all the power in this world and the next, the life that has supernatural strength in him, is born as a little baby in a manger, in a cave, to his parents and some shepherds. Because that's how God loves to come in. Hey, I'm here with you. And I'm stepping into this life. I'm stepping into this world in the most humble way possible. 
so that you can see for yourself the goodness of God. What I love about this is that the shepherds were able to go and see for themselves. It's what the passage says. They go and, oh, it's exactly like the angel told us. That's pretty cool. But they're able to see it for themselves. Can I encourage you today? I want you to see for yourself the goodness of God, just like these shepherds. I want you to see that when you pray, God listens. That when you worship, God is here in this place. When you begin to make a difference in someone's life with a word of encouragement or an act of service or your generosity, whatever you're doing, the power of God goes with you and you're able to see for yourself just how good God is, just how amazing it is to be able to know him and experience him. I love that once the shepherds saw it, they like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can you believe that we're here? Just a little while, just a little while ago, we were out like in the smelly fields with some smelly sheep with our smelly friends. Now we're in a smelly cave with some other smelly people who have been traveling all the way to Bethlehem. But you know what? Doesn't matter the smell, doesn't matter the situation, doesn't matter the circumstances, we're in the presence of the Savior, the Jesus, Son of God, and this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. The thing is, the shepherds were invited, but they had to say yes to the invitation. I can invite you to experience the thrill of this hope, and I can get excited, tell you how much I love Christmas, lights, Jesus, all of the above. But on us, it requires us for to, to step in and respond to the invitation. God is not going to force you to do anything. That's what makes him so good. But he unpacks everything. Hey, all you got to do is walk up to the buffet. It's here. You got your plate. Well, come on. I love this idea. The shepherds were invited to be with Jesus and to experience this last point is that Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. Why are Sundays so amazing? Why do I love Sundays so much? Why do you see me on the front row with my hands up? I'm not trying to perform. And anyone with their hands up or sitting, they're not trying to perform for you. They realize that on Sundays when we're here together corporately, it's a glimpse of heaven here on earth. It's the fact that we're experiencing God right now. And it's just an invitation to show you that heaven is here. See, I don't know what your religious upbringing was. I don't know, for, for a lot of us, maybe it was kind of like me. You grew up in a heavy denomination and you thought that you had to earn the love of God by wearing the right clothes or saying the right things or behaving the right way and, all of the, and knowing the right stuff or else you were going to get slapped or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up going to a school where I literally got spanked, you know, at school. That's where I was. Yeah, that's kind of how I grew up. If there's things wrong with me, maybe that's why. Um, but the thing is, is that that's, I began to perceive God that way. That God only cares about me when I'm doing good things. God only cares about me when I'm doing the right thing. He, I'm not good enough all the time, so God doesn't love me at the worst moments of my life. I mean, he does. He does. And that's in, it's in those moments where you experience the light and brightness of heaven shining in your life. To know that here on earth we can have a glimpse of heaven. And that's what Jesus was, is that hope came down from heaven. Hope came down and became human we can know him and have a personal relationship with that, that's unbelievable. That's beautiful. And there's no better message. And the shepherds, this, uh, this forgotten about group of people. You would think if Jesus was coming to do something religious, he'd probably show up to the religious leaders. But he was coming to do something relational. So he showed up to the people who simply had relationship, out hanging out and realizing that, hey, you know, we're just here doing what we're supposed to do. And that's where Jesus showed up. That's who was invited to experience the personification of God here on earth in the form of his son, Jesus. He came for people. Don't forget that. 
He came in the darkness and the unexpected. He came so you could see for yourself the goodness of God, and he came to bring heaven to earth. So I want you to know today that the light's on. The light's on. That's the thrill of hope. And the worship team, you guys can come and begin to join me up here on stage as we begin to close. The light's on, okay? I want you to know that. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to, be, you don't have to fear of whether or not God's gonna welcome you or, or accept you or bring you in, and the light is on. So what does that mean for us, though? Now, there's nothing more frustrating than when you plug in a strand of lights and it doesn't work. I mean, I, that's quite frustrating. I remember we had to get a brand new Christmas tree this year because I had a pre-lit tree for so many years. But by the a few years having that tree, every time I'd plug in one section of the tree, it'd be out. So by last year, I was literally wrapping new Christmas lights around a pre-lit tree because it looked like one of the pre-lit strands was working. I was like, why am I doing this? The whole reason I have this tree is so I just plug it in and go, and I'm here wrapping around you know, these lights, and there's like burnt out lights. There's un- what's going on here? There's nothing more frustrating than that. But I want you to know, when you plug into what God is doing, the light's on. And we, it all takes us, together, it takes us together doing this as a community. And let me give you three, thing, three lights that are on in your life I want you to know today, okay? The first one is, is, I want you to write this down. The first one is joy. The light of joy is on in your life. It's what the shepherds see. The light of joy is on in their life. There's someone to believe in. I mean, they were told for so long that you live outside the city and there are people, a select group of people who are allowed to know God and they tell you the information you need to know and you go through them if you wanna know and experience God. That's, there's no joy in that. It's about seeing the goodness of God for yourself. The joy is that now there's now someone to believe in. Not something, someone, I want you to know that. The personal idea of someone to believe in. And my prayer for you today is that, number one, you would step in and say yes to Jesus in your life, to know that there is joy ahead, there is hope for you today, and that this is about someone to believe in, not something to join or something to do. It's someone to believe in. And I would, I would pray that today that if you've been following Jesus for a long time, that you would realize, man, he's calling you to something more. He's calling you to a new step that you'd never get tired of it. I brought out this little thing today. Um, I love these little things. I just love like goofy little toys. I don't know why, just I'm a kid at heart, I guess. But we went to that Enchant Christmas thing at Tropicana Field yesterday with Shepard. And uh, um, my mom brought us, and of course, when grandma goes, you know, the, the grandson gets whatever he wants. And so he wanted one of these. And I'm like, Shepard, we're at like a tourist attraction, okay? This thing probably costs two bucks to make, and we're about to pay 25 bucks. Grandma's like, oh, if he wants it, I'll get it for him. That's why grandma's awesome, all right? But here's the thing. Uh, Shepard realized what it did, like, so it lights up and does bubbles. Now, someone in the front row was like, wow, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. At lo- local city online, check this out. You can see it. Wow, right? Now, what's funny about Shepard is he wasn't just like, oh, cool. No, if you know any three-year-olds in your life, you, you know that for the next, until this thing ran dry of bubbles, it was, oh, wow, look at this, look. Like he was, <laughs> Adrian was carrying him and he had it just like this in her face for like the longest time. Oh, <laughs> and it was like the funniest thing because he just had so much joy from it. He wasn't just, oh, it's just bubbles or it just spins around. No, this is awesome. I have this really cool thing that's in my hand and I just want to experience as much of it as possible. I want to dance in all these bubbles. This is so exciting. But the thing about this is that eventually the bubbles or batteries are going to run out. And thank God the bubbles ran out after a few minutes because I was about taking a shower and soap. The thing is, is he didn't get tired of it. And now what I love about Jesus is that we can't get tired of him. We've got to realize, man, that his batteries are never going to run out. 
The liquid water, the living water that he gives for us is never gonna run out. So you can hold your finger on the button of Jesus and say, Jesus, I just want everything that you have for me. I wanna surrender and trust you. I wanna be there. I want you to be in my life. I wanna know your goodness for myself. I wanna know the joy that never ends because I'm believing in someone. Come on, if you believe that today, give me a good amen. Second thing is purpose something to respond to. What I love is that he stepped in to the shepherd's story and said, hey, for years, for your whole life, for generations, this was a generational family career. You've been outside the city watching sheep your whole life. I want you to know today that that was for a purpose. Because now no one knew these sheep better than you. And you raised them even when you knew they were going to be a sacrifice. You cared for them. You Maybe you named them. Who knows? You protected them. Now you're the one that's invited to experience the great lamb sacrifice, the great person of Jesus who will be the ultimate sacrifice, but the ultimate shepherd for his people as well. That's what I want you to respond to and step into and come and witness the person of Jesus. I want you to know today, local city church, that you have purpose inside of you. And God is simply saying, would you respond to it today? Again, I told you I've kind of been addicted to some documentaries recently. And the one I just watched, uh, one I watched uh, a few days ago is called The Rescue. Um, and it was about the, the, the young soccer team of boys who were trapped in a cave. They were, they were kind of hiking and swimming through the caves and they got trapped because a monsoon started and they got uh, kind of passed into this deep chamber like miles into the cave. And they stayed, the way they realized they were in there is because all their bikes were lined up at the mouth of the cave and they couldn't find them anywhere and their parents came to look for them and turned to this global thing. Maybe you remember it. And there's pictures of some guys on the screen right now um, because these guys were integral in saving these kids. They brought all 13, 14 of these teenagers out of the cave, swam them through the water. They did this amazing plan of where they actually had to like sedate them because being underwater for hours at a time and would have been crazy for someone who had never done it before. But what I love about these guys is that these aren't like Navy SEALs. <laughs> these aren't like military guys. Some of the guys up there, I think one of them's like an IT consultant. One of them uh, was a retired firefighter, but he was retired. <laughs> One of them was a software engineer, worked with computers. One of them was a meteorologist. But on their hobby, during their weekends, all they would do is cave dive. And when they needed to find an expert to swim through this just perilous path of caves and water, where the biggest and strongest had drowned or had couldn't figure it out, they found these guys. He said, hey, I know it's, it's a hobby, but you're the best at this. And see, it wasn't what they, their career was. It was. They were all these other things that you would never guess would be the reason that these teenagers would be able to be brought back to the arms of their family again. And they just answered the call. One of the guys got invited because of a happenstance of a friend of a friend, and then he called all his friends and said, hey, we gotta come do this. And it's one of the amazing miracle moments of humanity that we celebrate. But there was purpose that they had. And the thing is, is they didn't look at their purpose as the job they had. They didn't look at their purpose as their success in life or their stage in life. All they looked at is like, well, I, I can do that, so I'll, I'll show up, I'll be there. Man, I just want you to respond to the purpose God's given you. The last one as we close is this, is that the shepherds had the light of an experience. I'm gonna throw that back up there. They had the light of experience and it was just something to talk about. What I love about this thrill of hope is that it's the best thing to talk about. There's nothing better than this. Shepherds run. I love what it says in Luke chapter two. The shepherds went and told everyone they could. 
about what they had seen and heard, about that Jesus was here, the Messiah they had waited for for years was now here. Man, can I tell you today, one of the most powerful things we can do is to have an experience of God and invite someone into it and tell someone about it. I really want to encourage you today that when, when people ask you, how are you able to get through this thing called life? How are you able to stay so encouraged? Give them the real answer. Because I know, I know that God's with me. And I'm not trying to freak you out or anything like that or sound spiritual, but I just know that God's with me. I know that Jesus has entered into my life. That's the only way I can do this. And the amazing thing about Jesus is that it wasn't just about Christmas. This is the celebration for eternity. I want to leave you with this verse. Revelations chapter 7, verse 17, it says this. For the lamb on the throne, Jesus, will be their shepherd, our shepherd. He will lead us to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from our eyes. That's the thrill of hope. That's what the shepherds got to witness, and that's what's available for us today to experience. Would you stand to your feet today as we close? And as you stand to your feet, if you just close your eyes.